0: Hey Matt, how's it going? Hey Brian,
1: how's it going? How are you? I'm good.
0: I am excellent as well. I'm excited for today's podcast, which is... I don't even know which installment we're on at this point, but all I know is that we're bringing you our 10 albums you'd need to know for April 2019.
1: Yes, uh, I, I think this is going to be a particularly interesting uh, podcast. And uh, as I was telling you before we started recording, I'm already worried about going over time, especially on some of these entries. So I know <laughs> if I talk too much, stop me, Brian.
0: <laughs> you know what? I will. I'll jump right in there and cut you off. But I share your enthusiasm because this is a great list we got for you this month. Um, there were a ton of excellent releases uh, coming out in April, and as we say in every podcast, Matt, uh, you know these aren't necessarily the best. It'd be impossible to choose the best albums of of you know each month because people's tastes just range um, so widely. And also, there's so much great material coming out. These are albums that we just thought people should know about. They're interesting. They've got a you know nice backstory or some kind of new, innovative musical concept. So. These are the programs that we thought you should know about, but of course, there are, you know, just many more amazing albums being released this month. And you could keep up to date on all of those releases on our website, jazzes.com. Um, in fact, we've got a new page on the website called uh, Inside Track, which lets independent musicians, uh, you know, submit some of their own work and. As editors, we review it, go over it, and we'll display um, select albums on our new release page. So we invite independent musicians, uh, you know, all over the world to submit their work at jazzes.com on our inside track page. Visit our homepage and check it out. That said, Matt, why don't we jump into the 10 albums we need to know about for April 2019. What is first on our list? What is first on our list? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what's first on our list, Matt. (laughs) It's a new trio album by the pianist Uh. Anat Fort. It's called Color, Uh. and it was released April 5th on Sunnyside Records. Yeah,
1: Anat Fort, yes. And actually, this is a trio that's been together for two decades. And over these years, they've kind of been progressively, like, known more and more for a more minimal and introspective approach. Like, their last album, Birdwatching, benefited from these the characteristics, let's say, of, like, an ECM album. In fact, it was released on ECM. Well, on this new album, uh, which, as you mentioned, is called Color, they kind of try something a little different, especially in the structure of the songs. They're much more welcoming of uh, not sort of pop and rock inspirations, but... You know, you've also got all those, let's say, familiar Middle Eastern music influences that have sort of defined her music thus far. And I would say that uh, the sound of this album overall is perhaps a little less challenging than sort of some of their p- previous works. But for this reason, potentially, could uh, this this could win the trio, sort of new listeners. And more importantly, it it shows... Uh, a marked sort of new evolution for this band that may just take them into the next two decades. And we certainly hope uh, hope so for them and for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, this trio with uh, Anat Ford on piano, uh, Roland Schneider on drums and Gary Wang on bass has been together, like you said, for about 20 years. They formed in 1999 uh, just rehearsing in a basement space in New York's East Village. But here's the most amazing part. Um, in 2008, the group, members of the group actually moved away. Schneider moved back to Germany, and not Fort moved back to Israel. Um, but you wouldn't know it really from the cohesiveness of their sound. This group is so tight, they're in such lockstep, they are absolutely on the same wa- wavelength. Um, And that, I think, speaks a lot to just their close musical partnership. The fact that they can sound this close, this tight, uh, is a testament um, to their their close, close musical partnership. So let's be on the lookout for that as we listen to a track. This is the tune BBB. All right. Yes. Excellent stuff by the Anat Fort Trio. Again, that album was called Color. It was released on Sunnyside Records on April 5th. All right. You ready for the next one, Matt? Uh, I
1: am very ready for the next one.
0: (laughs) Cool. So this is the bassist John Patitucci. He just released a solo bass record. Uh, It's called Soul of the Bass, and it came out April 5th. It's actually his 16th solo recording, and uh, he's calling this his most intimate and revealing one yet. Uh, What's up with this record, Matt? Actually, you know, listening
1: to this album the first time, I was reminded of the 1927 film by Fritz Lang, Metropolis. Have you ever seen it, Brian?
0: I have not, Matt. Well, there's a quote
1: in it that says, the mediator of the head and the hands must be the heart. So in regards to this album, I made a note and uh, I wrote down on a piece of paper that I would say the mediator between the head and the heart must be John Patitucci on bass. You would, <laughs> so man. This, <laughs> so, I mean, this is a solo album with some overdubs. Extra layers of sound, electronics thrown in there here and there but already from the title of the album the solo of the bass we understand that this is a search for a very essence of this instrument and it's a search that paratucci embarks on uh with an acoustic and an electric bass um so from the opening title track to me which to me by the way kind of sounds like a battle hymn of the republic <laughs> i don't know if you had a chance to listen a to a little it, but bit it's fantastic yeah, that. and it sort of introduces the the dual sort of theme of the album, which goes, has a political side as well, and also a spiritual side. So, yeah, I think that's really that's that's really a cool blending or melding of the two themes of the the album. So I better stop talking now, because as you can tell. Uh, you know, this is a really exciting album. I mean, I think it's it's fantastic.
0: It really is. And you know, Patatucci plays with just a range of influences. He's got a very eclectic style. A lot of people know him for his work with uh, Chick Corea in the Electric Acoustic Band, um, but he's also played with Wayne Shorter. And then on the other end of the spectrum, he's performed with Bon Jovi and Queen Latifah and Carly Simon. He's also a huge fan of Brazilian music and released a. Uh, trio album of Brazilian music a few years ago. Um, so, And you hear all those influences on this album, uh, which is kind of a remarkable feat to do through a solo bass record. So, yeah, let's go ahead and listen to a track. We'll be listening to The Call. <laughs> That is from the album Soul of the Bass. It was released April 5th. Let's move right along, Matt. Our next album is from the drummer Kendrick Scott. It's from his group Kendrick Scott Oracle. The name of the album is A Wall Becomes a Bridge. It was released on Blue Note Records on April 5th. Matt, tell us a little bit about this album. Well, actually, that's a
1: nice transition because we talked about the soul earlier and. we know that music is a as a healing power, so music as healing is sort of a major theme in this new album. A wall becomes a bridge, but again, there's this contrast, or rather it's a blending, uh, of the personal with the universal. So much like the title, uh, the album itself constantly makes reference to the political situation, almost like a portrait of these troubled times that we're living in. But it's just as inspired by the drummer and band leader's own troubled times, uh, and this period of strong self-doubt that he sort of had to overcome. So I think the key word for this album is empathy and listening to it. Again, I made it, made it notes while I was listening to it. That's sort of what I do. Um, it really made me think about this word empathy and made me think about the fact that, you know, it's almost like a science to me. That it's, this, it's important not just to understand the pain and feelings of, of another, but also to share the feelings of another. And the best way in which we can do that is perhaps by understanding the sources of our own pa- pain and feelings and emotions. So that that's kind of what I got from listening to the album.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, the album kind of grew out of the period after Kendrick Scott Oracle recorded their first album, We Are the Drum. And, you know, just like a lot of creative people, he faced a block. Um, And like you say, went through a a period of of self-doubt where everything he was putting out wasn't in his mind um, living up to the standards of his first album. And so, you know, he spoke with a lot of people. His bassist, Derek Hodge, uh, you know, Wayne Shorter, Charles Lloyd, some other people he worked with at Blue Note Records and just helped him, found a way to get through this rocky period. Um, And what emerged was this beautiful album, A Wall Becomes a Bridge. Um you know it's it's funny as a side note the the name Oracle, I read that he took that name from a couple of influences, one being the movie the Matrix um you know there is this character, the Oracle, in it who had this way of talking where she would ask questions or kind of be elusive or challenging is a way of people helping people discover the truth. Um, so that was one influence on the name, the Oracle. And the, the other was the drummer Art Blakey, um, who Scott considered like an Oracle himself, you know, his music was kind of challenging and, and questioned the norm and, and help the jazz world arrive at a, a greater truth. So, um, just want to throw that in as a side note, but I think it also kind of helps wrap up Kendrick Scott's philosophy nicely and the artistic process he went through um, to, to arrive at this new album, A Wall Becomes a Bridge. That said, what do you say we take a listen to a track? This is Kendrick Scott Oracle's Motion. hendrick scott oracle again that was from the album a wall becomes a bridge it was released on blue note records on april 5th all right matt we'll move along to another drummer uh this one is mark juliana and the album is i got to see if i can do it with all the exclamation points here beat music beat music beat music <laughs> i was gonna say the do? same
1: thing <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm trying. I'm trying not to go over the levels here of my recording. I um, know. I
0: was just about to say. I think I might have blown out my microphone. But anyway, it's drummer Mark Giuliani's beat music. Beat music. Beat music. It was released, or it will be released, on Motema Music on April twelfth. Tell us a little bit about this record, Matt.
1: Yeah, and by the way, speaking of like the title of the album itself, because I, you know, it's, it seems to replicate some sort of an energy uh, that. Um, you know, in a way, it seems to kind of remind. It reminds me a little bit of punk rock in a way. So I do hear something of the punk rock spirit in this album, not strictly musically speaking. You know, but in the way in which Juliana takes advantage of the world of electronics to express his musical vision, in kind of the same way in which kids playing rock and roll or punk rock took advantage of the cheap amps and guitars to voice all their angst and feelings and emotions. So, it, it it's a it's kind of a strange sort of a I don't know, metaphor or whatever uh, to. To, to to use, but in in a, in another sense, this new album is sort of a work of exploration of these new possibilities that have opened up, and while all its tracks are composed by Juliana, they also twist and turn in very fascinating and spellbinding ways. So it's it's fascinating. It's a fascinating album to listen to.
0: It really is, and you know, beat music is has kind of grown into like its own movement or genre. Um, it's way more than just the name of Juliana's group or the name of this album. It's like a collective of like-minded artists who have just assembled around this idea that electronic music and jazz improvisation can be combined in New and awesome ways. And and the stuff they're putting out is just incredible. You know, what's interesting about Juliana, though, is he didn't get into electronic music until relatively late in his career. Early on, he was big into, as you mentioned, Matt, you know, grunge and alternative rock and just that kind of fuzzy amp, do-it-yourself rock scene. Um, he studied jazz at William Patterson uh, University in New Jersey he's a proud New Jersey native and I've spoken to him about this on my podcast with him which you could find on our site uh, but it was while he was in college that he was turned on to the world of electronica somebody gave him an album by the uh, UK group square pusher and that just opened his world man I mean he he was turned on to uh, all kind of electronic music and would you know I, in time, combine it with his jazz work and his rock work. And of course, Mark was also an integral uh, member of the band that performed on and recorded on David Bowie's final album, Black Star. So a following has kind of grown around Juliana and, and that ensemble because of that but uh, I'm a big fan of Mark's and everything he puts out and this album is no exception let's go ahead and listen to a track from I'm gonna do it again beat music beat music beat music <laughs> alright this is the track girl stuff matt i dug it um all right on to our next album uh this is by a very very promising up-and-coming vocalist named kiana linnell the album is called a little love and it was released on concord records on april 5th
1: yes uh, you know, winning, she was the winner of the uh, Sarah Vaughan International Jazz Vocal uh, Competition Award, I think uh, a few years ago, was it two years ago, Brian?
0: I think it was around 2017, yeah, that right. was when she won the Sarah Vaughan International Jazz Vocal Competition. Right, and
1: winning that kind of, you know, gave her the opportunity to record with a major label, and that is Concord Jazz, so what do you do when an opportunity like that comes up? Well, you try to make the most of it. By giving as complete a picture of your talents as you possibly can, by singing about anything from love to social issues, and just covering a wide range of genres—jazz, gospel, R&B, and beyond—so that old sentence we say about artists who are able to make old songs or standards or classic uh, their own, you know, the what we say about artists who are able to breathe new life, uh, a new life into these songs. Well, that seems to definitely be true of uh, Kiana Lynell, who. Uh, is kind of like, you know, on a little love. is it, She provides the listener with a perfect introduction uh, to, to what she can do. Um, and so one thing that I should say, actually, is that I mentioned older songs. But the one thing that I really appreciate about this album is precisely the track list. Because we go from the Great American Songbook to some of the great songwriters of the past. But it also includes... um. More recent songs, like We Are by uh hopefully I'm getting this name right, uh Alina and Gibarian? Yes, that was just released last year. Uh wasn't it? It was released last year I believe. So I really like it. I really like it when artists spotlight the work of other artists to help maintain their legacy and memory alive. But I really also like it when they tribute more recent artists too to kind of help build more legacies that will hopefully make sure music and the arts in general remain an important part of our, of our sort of everyday lives.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, Kiana has a fascinating backstory, not only musically. I mean, you know, grew up singing gospel and R&B and neo soul. But um, she studied classical voice at uh, Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge. Go Tigers! Um, but initially, you know, she had a hard time breaking into the industry. And in the mid-2000s, she was actually working at a call center for AT&T for a few years, um, singing on the side and um, kind of got a break and singing with a trio, and then started teaching, believe it or not, at Loyola University in New Orleans. Um, All said and done, she she wound up performing at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. And that's when she wound up catching the attention of the trumpeter Terrence Blanchard. And they would go on to perform together in Poland and start up just a beautiful musical friendship, as they say. So, yeah, a really inspiring story and um, just a captivating voice. Um, There's a lot of promise here and. We love Kiana Linnell and uh, happy to include her in this uh, 10 Albums You Need to Know list for April 2019. Let's take a listen. This is What is Love? Who knows how to make love grow?
1: What is love? Is it more than we can?
0: Moving right along, we've got a new album from the guitarist Ben Monder. It's called Day After Day, and it will be released April 12th on Sunnyside Records.
1: Matt? Well, this is an excellent double album um, that is sort of a way for Ben Monder to express not only his mastery of his instrument, but also to showcase different aspects of his musical personality. So over the course of the double album, we hear the guitarist play solo or in a trio and express a more analytical side and structural side, uh, but also a more free side. So yeah, Mander is, is very well known for his very personal sound. So it's delightful to kind of see him add his personal touch in a collection of his own arrangement for other composers' works. And these include Henry Mancini, Bob Dylan, one of my heroes, Burt Bacharach, and uh, actually, my friend Bill from Paddy's Bar in Galway City, if you're listening to this, I mean, he loves it. Jimmy's Web- Jimmy Webb's Galveston.
0: All right. Shout out to your buddy. You know, <laughs> he loves that song. So he does a great take of that. Absolutely. And coincidentally, Ben Monder was also in the group that performed and recorded on David Bowie's final album, Black Star. So we have two members of that group. Um, But of course, everybody in that group really continued to uh, make some amazing music uh, and and really drew from the power of Bowie's influence. Um, So I agree. It's very very cool to hear Monder kind of interpreting some of these uh, more rock pop oriented composers. Let's go ahead and take a listen to a track. Here's Galveston. Galveston. Shout out to Patty's Bar
1: Patty's Bar is the bar I go to when I have to wait for a bus But it never gets there
0: So I just have a pint We're going to get them to sponsor the podcast <laughs>
1: <laughs> did not have any money <laughs> All right,
0: free drinks then for the hosts All right <laughs> Anyway
1: <laughs> That'll work
0: Anyway All right Next up, we have the sophomore album From the duo of guitarist Bill Frizzell and the bassist Thomas Morgan Their new album is called Epistrophe and it will be released on ECM Records on April twelfth. Take it away, Matt. Uh, who doesn't love uh, these two, right? <laughs> after their
1: and yeah, after so they released their first LP, Small Town, in two thousand and sixteen. And so finally, here's another full length album of duo goodness from these two masters. And much like its predecessor, Epistrophe. Is a live album and it was actually recorded in 2016, but it presents different material. Uh, although the fact that the two work so well together is proved by the presence of another, uh, of, of their kind of like mindedness when it comes to James Bond themes. <laughs> and, and in fact, the, their, uh, the small town included Goldfinger which happens to be my favorite 007 movie and probably my favorite theme song from a 007 movie. So. And they do a great take on that. This LP features You Only Live Once. Again, fantastic. But that's only one of the, one of the songs from this, this bundle of songs that we get. And that really shows the type of spellbinding chemistry that the guitarist and the bassist share. It's really great stuff.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I love that those uh, James Bond themes have become kind of the calling card for this duo. Um, as a huge James Bond fan and a longtime player of the Nintendo 64 GoldenEye video game, um, I'm just psyched that they've, they've included these Bond themes. So, that said, let's go ahead and listen to a track. This is You Only Live Twice. so instantly identifiable. He's got one of the most unique voices in jazz, um, and it's always a pleasure to hear, especially in tandem uh, with Thomas Morgan. So beautiful stuff there. From Bill Frizzell and Thomas Morgan, the album is called Epistrophe. It uh, will be released April 12th on ECM Records. Okay, Matt, the next album on our list is from the pianist Eric Reed. It's called Everybody Gets the Blues, and it, will re- and it will be released April 12th on Smoke Sessions Records. What can you tell us about this album, Matt?
1: Well, first of all, I love the title because it's reassuring. And it's easy to forget that we all get sad. even And even in our darkest times, we're not alone in our suffering and in having those experiences. It may seem like a simple thing to say and a simple conclusion to arrive at. But as I look around me, again, just going back to the theme of empathy, I see less and less of it. And I also see that people really struggle to show their own struggles for fear of perhaps being seen as vulnerable. So, what you know, piano great Eric Reed shows through this album is that there is strength to be drawn from music, and he looks for it uh, by going back to the roots of his passion for jazz. A search that takes him back to the church.
0: Yes, definitely has a strong church background, um, and in you know coming to jazz. Um, He felt, from what I've read, he he felt he kind of abandoned some of those uh, early gospel roots, and this album is a way to get back in touch with them and to draw a connection, also the strong connection um, between gospel music and jazz, and and this album does it beautifully. Um, Another interesting uh, tidbit about this album, which... Uh, includes the saxophonist Tim Green, uh, the drummer McClenty Hunter, and the bassist Mike Garolla, is that Eric Reed was actually the first artist that Smoke Sessions Records ever recorded. Now it wasn't that first album they released, but as Smoke Sessions was was getting its bearings. Eric Reed was the first musician they brought into the studio. So how nice that he gets to record for them again in 2019.
1: I would love to add just a, a bunch of things about the actual songs themselves because there's a mixture of jazz standards and original compositions. But one that really uh, was was I found particularly interesting was his take on the Beatles yesterday in a medley with Jerome Kearns' Yesterdays, which I think is genius. <laughs> so there's a lot in it. It's probably really like it's the album you probably need to hear in those times when you do get the blues so recommend it
0: absolutely for me that was absolutely a a high watermark um and the pivot between the songs uh yesterday and yesterday's is just breathtaking so as a matter of fact matt let's go ahead and listen to that track right now this is yesterday slash yesterday's by eric reed So, yeah, Matt, I just love that. That was so innovative, um, but also moving and deeply felt. And that's the kind of stuff we've come to expect from Eric Reed. And glad to see him back on Smoke Sessions Records and incorporating some of those gospel roots. Very nice work. Ready for our next album, Matt? I'm ready. All right, I'll tee you up. It is by the one and only Nora Jones. The album is called Begin Again, and it will be released on Blue Note Records on April 12th. The floor is yours, Matt. Well, yeah, because
1: the story behind it's a collection of songs that, in case you missed it, Nora Jones had been releasing a series of singles since last summer. Each of the songs a little different Uh, From the other, so there's a bit of electronic experimentation, a little folk ballads, and so on. Some of these songs are very different from the types of output that Jones is normally associated with. Or, well, that was kind of the intention, because again, the origins of this collection that is titled Begin Again, uh, it's that it sort of collects all these songs that was uh, that came out of a process in which Jones intended to heal from an extensive and tiring promotional campaign. Um, for the 2016 Album Day Breaks. And so it was just a way to get back to the recording studio, perhaps even just to rediscover the fun of creating music once again without feeling the pressure one must feel when one puts an album out or puts an album together. Well, in the end, these little experiments actually turned out little gems and um, including collaboration with Jeff Tweedy and Thomas Bartlett. So it's great that they're all collected in one single set now.
0: Why don't we go ahead and take a listen to a track? Here's a song with no name, a collaboration between Nora Jones and Jeff Tweedy. Do I, love
1: you too much? Do I hold you too tight?
0: Yeah. Again. Just some just some gorgeous gorgeous work there from from Nora Jones. That comes from the album Begin Again and it'll be released on Blue Note Records on April 12th. All right, Matt. With that, we come to our final album in the list of 10 albums you need to know about for April 2019. And drum roll please. This one is by Winton Marsalis. It's called Bolden, uh, and it'll be released on Blue Engine Records. It is the original soundtrack of a film to be released later this year about cornetist Buddy Bolden, the legendary cornetist Buddy Bolden, who is is said to be be one of the inventors of jazz music itself. Right. Even uh, Jelly Roll Morton would have agreed with you, and he really
1: promote himself as the inventor of jazz but yeah this is uh i know we're running out of time so i almost don't want to start talking about this entry because i'm so fascinated by it in in fact we know this is also in part uh, a jazz movie that you need to know about it's coming out real soon in in cinemas and for those who don't know it you've kind of introduced it a little bit buddy buddy bolden was a cornet player who's largely regarded as the first legend of jazz and one of the most influential yet obscure figures of American music, and part of the reason for his mystery is that he peaked just before music was recorded, or at least, you know, well, music was recorded, but it wasn't really a popular thing that people did yet. Um, So while all who came after him paid tribute to him, especially out of New Orleans, uh, particularly spoke of him like the best musician who had ever lived. You know just this huge legend we have no document of what he sounded like or at least none that has survived to this day well this film this new film that's coming out tries to imagine his life and um i'm looking forward to seeing it but a central part of a film about bolton's life is the has to be the music so winton marsalis uh who not only executive produced this film but also composed arranged and performed the music for the film So in doing so, he tried to imagine what Bolden sounded like. And so there's a reason to be just as excited about this soundtrack, which, by the way, includes 26 songs and uh, comprises, makes a classic tunes associated with Bolden or Louis Armstrong, who was his greatest descendant uh, and Marsalis' own compositions. Uh, There's a reason to be just as excited about the soundtrack as there is uh, about the film. So I'm looking forward to seeing the film, but It's a it's a great it's a great thing to keep to keep Bolden's memory alive. I think.
0: I agree one hundred percent, and we should mention uh, that film stars the actor Gary Carr as Buddy Bolden, and Reno Wilson appears in the film as well as Louis Armstrong. And you know, Louis Armstrong in his career uh, really attributed his his rise to Buddy Bolden's influence. He was really one of the top cornetists in all of New Orleans and, you know, tragically dealt with some uh, mental health issues that uh, really derailed his uh, career and pushed him even even further into obscurity. So it's a fascinating story. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing movie. And, of course, the album by Wynton Marsalis Marsalis, uh, is just brilliant. So let's go ahead and take a listen to a track. This is the tune Timelessness. Yeah, all right. Very cool. Takes you back, doesn't it, Matt? Yeah, back
1: to those days. Yeah, those were the days. (laughs) Those were the days. I remember them well.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, hey, Matt, that does it for our list of the 10 albums you need to know for April 2019. I really enjoyed this batch. I think it's a great list.
1: Yeah, I think I enjoyed it a bit too much. I might have gone on a bit too much. but uh...
0: (laughs) No, not at all. Not at all. Anyways, Matt, if you want to read the text version of this uh, list, and as well you should, Matt, you wrote it. Oh, uh, yeah. Head on over to... Do- <laughs> head on over to Jazzes.com and check it out. It's there with all of our reviews and interviews and uh, album previews. We've got playlists. We've got podcasts. It's all there for you to check out. Um, And if you want unlimited access, please subscribe for a digital all-access subscription at Jazzes.com. Just visit our homepage and click that big red subscribe button in the top left corner. We've also got amazing print bundles for those of you that like to listen to podcasts in the Car, scroll through playlists, you know, on your commute, and then sit down with a nice, premium, award-winning print magazine um, in the evening or on the weekend or, you know, on the beach, what have you. Um, all those subscription packages are available at jazzes.com. Just click subscribe and see what we have to offer. All right, Matt. Until next time, uh, be on the lookout for a podcast interview with the vocalist. Tierney Sutton, whose latest project is a reimagining of classic movie themes. Um, That interview with her will be released in two weeks. Uh, That's our latest Jazz's Backstage podcast interview. And we'll be back next month with yet another installment of the 10 Albums You Need to Know list. So uh, if you have any suggestions, follow us on Facebook or Twitter, tweet us, uh, write us on Facebook. Let us know. We're always happy to hear from you. Matt, anything else you'd like to add? Uh,
1: Not really. I'm looking forward to that interview, and I'm looking forward to uh, all of the other albums, and uh, I want to thank my mom. (laughs) I really went off on a run. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just let me do this again. Well, thank you very
0: much. Shout-outs to mom.
1: Thank you very much. It's a great pleasure being part of this podcast again. I'm really digging these ones,
0: Brian. So I'm looking forward to the next one. Great. meet you, Matt. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Today's episode is supported by the 2019 St. Lucia Jazz Festival, produced in collaboration with jazz at Lincoln Center. It's taking place May 4th through May 12th on one of the most beautiful islands in the Caribbean. Visit stlucia.org to learn more. Another thank you to the 2019 Norfolk Waterfront Jazz Festival in downtown Norfolk Waterfront, Virginia. Celebrating its 37th year, this fest is set for August 23rd through 24th, that's the perfect time to chill to the legendary sounds of top national smooth jazz and R&B recording artists. Visit our website and click that Norfolk Waterfront Jazz Fest banner to learn more. We'd like to thank some of our additional sponsors, including the New Jersey Performing Arts Center in Newark, Smoke Sessions Records, Blue Note Records, Deezer, an online music streaming service, and finally the Adrian Arsht Center for the Performing Arts in Miami, Uh, they make what we do possible so a big thanks to them all right everyone we will see you next time